there, campers. While we're gathering around the campfire, we just want to let you know we are not what you would call experts. What we do have is a love for researching and discussing the lore of cryptids, creatures, and an occasional spooky woman that can eat our soul. So if you are in need of immediate help with the chupacabra in your yard, please consult someone else. Also, this podcast isn't for kids. These campfire stories can contain graphic and explicit content that may not be suitable for young campers. Solicitor discretion is advised. Welcome back, one and all, to Alluring, your favorite folklore podcast where we tell you the history and legends of different folklore and other sorts of things all around the world while Kimmy changes the color on her lighting. I look so fucking orange, (laughs) like on the thing. It's so bad. bad. Snooky look, Jersey Shore. It like it looks fine in the software I have it, and then it goes to the live stream. <laughs> it looks so orange every time. Yeah, <laughs> it's fine. I need to just spend a day to figure out my recording setup a little bit more. So that'll be the next project on the list of millions of things to do. Speaking of million things to do, what is your alluring thing for this this episode? Oh, man. Um, So I'm not really proud of mine, but um, Prime Day got me. Damn! (laughs) I got a lot of stuff. I got got all sorts of electronics. My room looks futuristic. Now, you can't see any of it because it's behind the camera. But, um, yeah, I have multiple screens now for all sorts of (laughs) podcasting stuff. Uh... A new stand for the camera, a new ring light. Woo. I was just like, what what can't I buy to make the <laughs> podcast better? Because everything was like 40% off, you know? Damn. At least they say it was, even though it was raised 40% and then cut 40%. But, you know, it makes you feel better about yourself. I know. I have a plugin on my browser that tracks the prices for like a year. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's, that's smart. I didn't do that. I like it was so funny because I actually got some stuff the week before Prime because last year my app was telling me how that's when things are cheaper and I li- oh. I got the stuff and then I saw them go up for Prime Day and then be discounted and be more than when I bought it the week before. I, was like, yeah, I knew they did bitch. that, but I still I'm a oh I, and I got my fa- I got this little it's like a little Polaroid printer. Ooh. So, like, you, like, take a photo on your phone, and then it, like, prints it right away. Oh, my God. It's pretty nifty. When we finally do podcast photos, hopefully this year, (laughs) I can plan it, we should take that and (laughs) get a picture of Edgar in a Sasquatch suit. (laughs) There we go. 
These are way too high quality for that, though. No. Yeah, they won't be blurry enough. Just put Vaseline on the on the frame. Oh, good call. Well, I have to put it on my phone. Okay. Because the phone's the camera. That's what's fun about oh, it. Oh, that's super cool. Because I was going to buy a normal Polaroid camera, but I was like, I'm never going to bring it anywhere, you know? Yeah, I... But with this one, you always have your phone, so you just, like, snap a photo, and then it prints. Look at this. This is mine. Hey. <laughs> And, like, it's even my color. <laughs> That's true. And, like, I was like, I have to get it. And it just sits here as decoration. <laughs> I used it yep. a lot more in college than I do now. Yeah. But, like, when I want to use it, I want to, like, go to the forest and take photos. And I am a little bit of a city girl, so that doesn't happen as much as I would like it to. <laughs> I just, yeah, I don't go out enough to justify an actual one. Yeah. So this one was, like, a nice middle ground. It was a little cheaper than an actual camera. Yeah. good A good balance. Little balance yeah. area. I like exactly. it. That's a good one. Getting yeah, all your text set up. That's kind of cool. Yeah, that one. Yeah. Um, what did you find alluring this week? Well, um, it is officially that time of year where each episode I talk about my Potter party or a craft Mm -hmm. I am Mm -hmm. obsessing over for it. So yesterday I did like a low key, uh, summer solstice party and I know it's like a month late, (laughs) but I got very busy. (laughs) I haven't had a free weekend since May. So, there. Um, I did it, but it was really cute. I like hung flowers like in the living room, and we all made like flower wreaths and we did tarot and stuff. So it was just like really cute, kind of like healing for everyone, which is always yeah. really nice. But um, I'll have to post it in our Discord. I need to start posting more of the stuff we talk about in our Discord during for our like alluring fun stuff. <laughs> yeah, but um. I made, like, house reefs to each Hogwarts house, and I did it as, like, the Deathly Hollow symbol. So they look really oh, cute. Cool. But they're, like, prizes for people that dress up for the Potter parties. <laughs> nice. I like that. Then I feel like it's so hard to get people to actually dress up. Man, I... Parties. So when Edgar and I first started dating, it, it was cute, because, like, his friends are sweet, so they came, so they came through... And I was like, you need to tell your friends to dress up. And he was like, I'll tell them to dress up. And some of them didn't come dress up. And I was like, look at what I've created. Now look at you. (laughs) You need to, you need to match the level for me, you know? (laughs) And it was, and it's really funny because now they know and like, they won't let other people come unless they dress up, which is really cute to me. Oh, I love that. So it's so funny. And like, I get when people can't dress up. So, like, I put in the invite, like, if you need help with a costume, I will help you. It's just, like, if you come to this thing where it looks literally like the environment inside, you know, and everyone's dressed up and you're, like, in jeans and a tee, you're not going to have as much fun. You know what I mean? Exactly, yeah. You can't get as into the party as everyone else. Yeah, and people, people get into it like and that's what makes it so fun and it's great yeah. i kick people out though i don't care like i'll have someone show up they're like i'm a muggle and i'm like no entry to hogwarts and i'm like close the door i don't care yeah. i'm like i have plenty to deal with and i do not yeah. want to deal with a muggle right now <laughs> I'll just close <laughs> the door so. but it's great um that's my big thing is i made harry potter reefs and 
Next, I will be finishing a giant tapestry of the mermaid stained glass for my bathroom. <laughs> so, wow. It looks so cool. Like, I'll, maybe I'll post a progress photo, but I made it so it's like on a tablecloth, like a fabric mm-hmm. one. So when the light shines through, it looks like stained glass. It looks, oh, that's dope. It looks so cool. I'm like, I may have to make like two more because I'm very happy with how it's turning out, but... I'm just getting crafty, crafty and ready for the spooky season. That's just the season for it. Tis the season. Anything to escape <laughs> the thought of the hell of the summer we're all living through right now, you know? Oh, oh man, it's, it's too damn disgusting. hot. It's literally <laughs> disgusting outside. Um, if you're flying a private jet, I blame you. Um <laughs> Speaking of hellfire, um, <laughs> jump into this week's episode. <laughs> I took a sip when you did that. Yeah, let's, let's do those campfire sounds. Oh, okay. Oh no! I fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> you fucked up, Ryan. Ryan, this is the second <laughs> episode in a row. See, here's the thing. Right, I'm like, okay, right. I need to double check and make sure that I actually did my. <laughs> Lorian Lyman chart because the amount of times I've done it and then it hasn't been in the slideshow too many times. Now I check and here we are. Um, Either Ryan and I are on time and disorganized or disorganized and like 40 minutes late. So, oftentimes both. <laughs> A little bit of both. <laughs> All right. Where was I? Okay. Why this fair creature shows so fairly by the wayside to linger, we shall see. But first, but first, tis fits to tell how she could muse and dream when the serpent prison house. What are we, what, what the heck are we talking about? <laughs> so, you've probably heard of the boogeyman, a type of mythical creature mm-hmm, used by adults mm-hmm. to frighten children into good behavior, mm-hmm. which is. Quick note, it's crazy because I feel like when we talk about a topic, because these are picked randomly, right? Yeah. Like, I don't know anything except a sentence of what people suggest it to be, you know? Yeah. And I feel like we keep talking about the boogeyman lately. So I just think that's, like, kind of weird. But <laughs> Well, I feel like the boogeyman is such a, like, broad net. Yeah, that's fair. You know? It's kind of like the word cryptid. Yeah, like, the boogeyman is just anything, like, creepy at night that scares children, which is, like, 50% of folklore. (laughs) Half of folklore is to scare children, 45% is to scare women, and that small 5% to scare men, you know, that's that's about it. Oh, man. (laughs) The patriarchy of the fairy tales kind of just hits a little harder when you get older, you know? Yeah, I'm trying to think of one that's, like, specifically like targets maybe like sirens but even that it's like but don't worry they're hot yeah (laughs) well and the thing is like even every deadly legend there is like of a deadly beautiful creature that lures men they're they're always kind of like but it's fine because if something happens to her she was evil (laughs) yeah well and 90 percent of the time it's like yeah, it targets men, but really, you women need to be careful so that you don't turn into the thing that kills the men. You right. 
that's uh, a there's, fair point. There's a bit of a trend out there, you know. Oh, there's a pattern. <laughs> yeah, you know, it is what it is. It's fine. Every day we get closer to the realization of why aliens don't communicate with us. And I just, <laughs> it just makes more sense, you know. Anyway, let's get back to this. <laughs> yeah, well, what, what the heck are we talking about? What are about? we even talking about? So what if I told you that one of the OG boogeymans was no man, but a woman cursed by the gods? What? So uh, she had a curse so awful that the people told legends about how if a child misbehaves, they will become her next meal. So this week, classic. We, we'll be talking about the deadly and misunderstood shape-shifting snake. This creature is known as Lamia, or it was, I think another way they pronounced it was Lama, Lamia, not Lama. <laughs> Lama. Lamia. <laughs> yeah, I looked it up. There was a bunch of pronunciations. It was like Lamia, Lamia. Um, there was like Lamy like or something yeah. like that. There was a few. It really depends on who you ask. Yeah. So I, I think Lamia makes the most sense personally, but yeah. So that's the one we're going to go with. Um, so this creature has been around since 700 BC, and there are many variations oh. of this cursed monster can, can be seen in different legends and lore from all around the world to this very day. Uh, for all our beautiful audio listeners, if you would like to see this week's illustration, you can head to our Instagram or website or come to YouTube and look at where Ryan is pointing. He's doing his beautiful uh, Wheel of Fortune point, like one of those models, to the lovely Lamia, Lamia bottle, which is really... <laughs> this one I had a little hard time with, actually. Yeah, it's kind of creepy. Because, like, I wanted it creepy, but not because... Have you seen, um... Oh, man, what was it called? It was, like, an old, like, Pixar monster movie where, like, one of the, like, monsters is, like, a slime ball. That's what it kind of looks like. Please, yeah, I'll figure it yeah, out. Yeah, I was like, you gotta get back Please to me on that one. <laughs> we'll circle back. We'll put a pin in it for now. <laughs> Alright, so while he's looking that out... I'm going to tell you a little bit more about her. So where is she? Where does she come from? Where does she go? Um, well, this is one of the rare moments where we're going so back far back in history that we're actually able to trace the origins directly to Greek mythology. So what better way to start than with a story of how Lamia came to be? So she was the queen of... <laughs> Also, because Ryan's giggling, because there's a lot of tatas in this, and YouTube has yeah. not freed the nipple quite yet. Not quite. So, Camp Counselor Mothman is working hard on his censorship, and though... Uncensored slideshow on alluring.com. <laughs> Our Patreon may have the free the titty, because... Yeah. It's just a boob, <laughs> is how I see it. It's not just a boob, it's a Lamia boob. Oh, it's a Lamia boob. So, mm -hmm. If you see a little purple Mothman that's really tiny, he's he's doing the Lord's work, apparently. And Here's my question. Let's say that is an animal, you know? Yes. Like half animal, half person. That's not where they go <laughs> <laughs> on any animal. 
except maybe humans, but the anatomy just doesn't quite work out there. It's like when that really weird guy that just learned about tits starts drawing them in yeah. middle school, and he draws them really high and really yeah, like round. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. on the collarbone. <laughs> yeah, that's... <laughs> Good job, good job, seventeenth uh, century artist. You did, you did a really good job. We know a woman didn't draw it. That's all I can say. Like, yeah. can't find anything else, but I can tell you the artist oh, was well, not. Then she would have been a witch. Yeah, because she would have been a witch. <laughs> oh man, you know the after chat for this episode is going to be a hot mess. And we're this is going to be a long we're episode. Starting. We're not even on page two. <laughs> so, anyway queen from ancient Libya and was known for her extraordinary beauty. So, due to her ethereal appearance, it wasn't long until thirsty old Zeus took a liking to her. Lamia and Zeus then started to have an affair, which resulted in her giving birth to not one, not two, but several children. Now, Zeus is a married man, and after Hera heard about the affair, she became quite vengeful. Full of rage, she showed no mercy towards the mortal queen and cursed her with insomnia so she no longer had the ability to close her eyes. Uh, the curse also resulted in Lamia devouring her own children and being forced to eat any child she gave birth to, which meant that every time the queen gave birth, she had to kill them, which fucked up curse, you know? Oh, so since she was unable to close her eyes and sleep, Lamia obsessed over the loss of her children and became so mad she began snatching up kids or babies from their mother at, that were more fortunate than her, and she would devour them whole. Uh-huh. Over time, these cruel acts changed her physical appearance, disfiguring her face and changing her to become an ugly monster. Now, upon learning this, Zeus realized he may be a wee bit responsible for what happened. No. <laughs> that doesn't sound right. <laughs> and feeling bad, he took his baby mama down to Italy. Now. Oh, that's a nice little vacation. Yeah, so he took her down. Um, and it wasn't common for Zeus to help out the girls he knocked out. He knocked up. Well, knocked out too. <laughs> Jesus. Maybe both. We're not sure. <laughs> Uh, I had a little drink before this, and I should not have. I should have waited a second. Um, but it was rumored that him and her actually had a consensual relationship, and they were lovers. And she hmm. was one of his favorite lovers, so he took empathy for all the pain she was going through. So once they arrived, he gave her the power of prophecy and the ability to take out and reinsert her eyes. Um, that way she could rest. So she could take out her eyes and put them in a dark container and she could sleep. Because she can't. Ew. Girl don't got eyelids anymore, you know? Mm. So, <laughs> to this day, legend says she still lurks in the caves, resting during the day and snatching up those who misbehave at night. So, this story, though the most famous explanation for who Lamia is and where she came from... I was also able to find a historical figure that could be a non-mythological explanation to who she was. So Diodorus Siculus, so in 1st century BC, told of Lamia, the queen of Libya, 
Unlike the mythological tale, she was never kind in her life, and as queen, she ordered soldiers to snatch up children from their mother and kill them. Um, I couldn't find much more about why she did it. She just did it. Um, uh-huh. But again, history rewritten so much, so who knows? Yeah. And due to the evil she committed by ruthless killing, her beauty gave, and she soon gained a more beast-like appearance. Uh-huh. Now, from a cursed woman to a vengeful one, the story of a sh- savage, shape-shifting, dangerous woman definitely made for a good story. In fact, there's even a collection of modern Greek folk tales that have a spin on the story of Lamia. So, the most famous spin paints Lamia as an ogress similar to Baba Yaga. So, she lives... Or Fiona. Or <laughs> Fiona from Czech. For all our more modern listeners. <laughs> so she lives in a remote house or tower eating human flesh and has many magical abilities and objects on hand. In all modern Greek retellings, it's crucial that the hero of the story must either avoid her, trick her, or gain her favor in order to continue their quest. Now, in some tales, she's even the it's her daughter, so she has a daughter that survives, and her daughter is also a magician, but she helps the hero, and eventually the hero will fall in love with the daughter, the daughter with the hero. And that's where this painting's from. Um, it's from Waterhouse, which is one of my favorite artists, and it's her just talking with the soldier and falling in love, and I think it's really cute makes more sense it's the daughter i was like that doesn't look like a monster (laughs) he that's a lawful good right there listen you know how there's like this a hundred percent lawful good you know how there's a theory that um some like we've lived a bunch of lives and sometimes we see the artwork of like our past lives you know have you heard of that i haven't but i'm tracking okay so i believe I was Waterhouse in one of my past lives. Like, if you take a minute to look at all of his artwork, you would be like, that checks out. (laughs) And I may have, like, 12 of his paintings in my home. So I adore his stuff. But he does a lot of, like, redhead mermaids that are, like, a little bit sad looking and a lot of lover stuff. And I just absolutely adore his work. Uh, That is that track. So (laughs) I've been consistent throughout every lifetime. (laughs) So, um, these stories were a major part of Greek lore, even becoming popular during the Romantic period, which is one I always talk about here because it's one of my favorites. Um, During this time, she was used a lot as a muse for paintings, poetry, and fine arts. After this peak, the popularity of the shape-shifting babe did die down a bit. Thankfully, she didn't disappear into the shadows. Now, I think you would love this cover. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> just cause it just reminds me of like that's your literally taste. just well that and that that's Dolly Parton as a hundred <laughs> percent. So I just think it's so great. So today we may not see her as much in pop culture, but her stories still hold true, and she can be seen in like an occasional comic book, old time horror movie, or even illustration. So though there are all retellings of this classic tale there's something about women cursed by the gods that make for a great morally gray hot villain 
and I am here for every second of this episode. <laughs> so, uh, quick word breakdown. Lamia's name is the Greek word for a large, dangerous, lone shark, and that's due to the fact she is the daughter of Poseidon. Oh. Uh, I don't want to get too much into the family. Her uncle. Yeah, that's why I don't want to get too much into the family tree. There's a lot of problems with it. Family, family circle. Yeah, they're they're sweet home Alabamaing it a little (laughs) bit. So, (laughs) (laughs) so, um, Lamia has also gone by Mormolaka or Mormo for short, which is a word that can roughly translate as the terrible wolf-like monster. So that's all I got for history and breakdown. Um, I want to hand it over to Ryan. He has a little bit of a longer story for us, but it is good. So it is worth it. All right. Um, first, I need I need a volunteer from the audience for voice actor. <laughs> Oh, oh, thanks. Thanks for volunteering, Kimmy. Would you like to be um, green or would you like to be blue? Ooh. So I did it. I organized it from the most amount of words to the least amount of words to kind of right. help you out. How about you be the king? Okay. I'll be the servant and Lamia. <clears throat> All right. This is the snake woman and the king, Ali Martin, for Annie Steele. All right. Once upon a time, King Ali Martin went out a hunting. As he hunted in the forest above the beautiful Dal Lake, which stretches clear and placid between the mountains and the royal town of Srinagar, he came suddenly on a maiden, mm, lovely as a flower, who seated beneath a tree was weeping bitterly. Bidding his followers remain at a distance, he went up to the damsel and asked her who she was and how she came to be alone in the wild forest. Oh, great king, she answered, looking up at his face. I am the emperor of China's handmaiden, and as I wandered about in the pleasure grounds of this palace, I lost my way. I know not how far I have come since, but now I must surely die, for I am weary and hungry. (laughs) So, fair maiden must not die while... Ali Mardan can deliver her. He said, no, babe, please, you're too hot. You're too hot tonight. You can't die, you're so hot. No. (laughs) (laughs) Quaffed the monarch, gazing ardently on the beautiful girl. So he bade his servants convey her with the greatest care to this summer palace in the Chamelier Gardens, where the fountains scatter dewdrops over the beds of flowers, and laden fruit trees bend over the marble colonnades. And there, amid the flowers and sunshine, she lived with the king, who speedily became so enamored of her that he forgot everything else in the world. (laughs) If he's not like that, I don't want it. (laughs) Ladies, if your man doesn't get you a palace with a water fountain scattering dewdrops over beds of flowers... Drop his ass. Get out of there. <laughs> Drop his ass. <laughs> so the days passed until it chanced that the yogi's servants came back from the holy lake Gangbal, which lies on the snowy peak of Haramuk, whether he went every year to draw water for his master. 
passed by the gardens, and over the high garden wall he saw the tops of the fountains, leaping and splashing like silver sunshine. He was so astonished at the sight that he put his vessel of water on the ground and climbed over the wall, determined to see the wonderful thing inside. Once in the garden amid the fountain and flowers, he wandered hither and thither, bewildered by beauty, until wearied out by excitement, he lay down under a tree and fell asleep. Now, the king, coming to walk in the garden, found the man lying there and noticed that he held something fast in his closed right hand. Stooping down, Ali Martin gently loosened his fingers and discovered a tiny box filled with sweet-smelling ointment. Ooh. While he was examining this more closely, the sleeper awoke and, missing his box, began to weep and wail, whereupon the king bade him to be comforted. And showing him the box, promised to return it if he would faithfully tell him why it was so precious to him. <laughs> the king's really chill. Someone yeah. just, like, came and popped up in his court. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. He has a gentle heart. He sees people crying, and he's like, all right, I can fix you. <laughs> I get it. I've been there, done that, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great king, replied the yogi servant. The box belongs to my master, and it contains a holy ointment of many virtues. By its power, I am preserved from all harm, and am able to go to the Ganga Ball and return with my jar full of water in so short a time. That my master is never without the sacred element. The king was astonished. Oh my and looking at the man keenly said, <laughs> Tell me the truth. Is your master indeed such a holy saint? Is he indeed such a wonderful man? Oh, king, replied the servant. <laughs> he is indeed such a man and there is nothing in this world he does not know. This reply aroused the king's curiosity, and putting the box in his vest, he said to the servant, I'm sorry, I know it's supposed to be human, but I'm just imagining a little cobalt. <laughs> and this is like a really beautiful, like, Indian folklore story, so it's so funny in my head, because it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't match up. It doesn't. <laughs> We're not professional voice actors, all right? I got, like, three I got. My, <laughs> I only, one of the three. my only man voice is a variation of Bernie Sanders every time. It doesn't change, you guys. I'm once again asking you to return my box that you may give it to your master. Your master does not need all these boxes. The, the top 1% of the 1% have all the boxes. and tell him King Ali Mardan has his box and means to keep it until he comes to fetch it himself. See, you say it sounds like Bernie Sanders. <laughs> to me, it sounds like Nixon from Futurama. <laughs> like that version of Nixon. That's, that's my thing. Stories. This is uh, ridiculous. Okay, <laughs> he's 
So, in the way Kimmy just described, he hoped to entice the holy yogi into his presence. So, in case you lost track of the story. So, the servant, seeing there was nothing else to be done, set off to his master. But he was two years and a half in reaching home. Because he had not the precious box with the magical ointment, you know, the one the yogi had. Yeah. And all this time, Ali Martin lived with this beautiful stranger in the Chamelier Palace and forgot everything in the wide world except her lovelies. Yet he was not happy. And a strange look came over his face and a stony stare into his eyes. Now, when the servant reached home at last, he told his master that what had occurred. The yogi was very angry. But as he could not go on without the box, which enabled him to procure the water from Gangabal, he set off once to the court of King Ali Martin. On his arrival, the king treated him with the greatest honor and faithfully fulfilled the promises of returning his box. Now, the yogi was indeed a learned man, and when he saw the king, he knew all was not right. So he said, Oh, king! You have been gracious unto me, and I, in my turn, desire to do a kind action. So, tell me truly, have you always had that white, scared face, scarred face and those stony eyes? The king hung his head. Tell me truly, continued the holy yogi, have you any strange women in your palace? <laughs> And he's like, this dude looks fucked up. I know what it could be a woman. Perhaps a dummy mommy in your palace. Then Ali Martin, feeling a strange relief in speaking, told the yogi about the finding of the maiden so lovely and forlorn in the forest. She is no handmaiden of the emperor of China. She is no woman, thought the yogi fearlessly. She is nothing but a lamia, the dreadful 200-year-old snake, which has the power of taking women's shape. Now, the king liked cougars. <laughs> so, so, hearing this, King Ali Martin was at first indigent, for he was madly in love with a stranger. But when the yogi insisted, he became alarmed. And at last promised to obey the holy man's orders, and so discover the truth or falsehoods of his words. <coughs> Therefore, the same evening, he ordered two kinds of kitri to be made ready for supper. Oh, man. And placed in one dish so that one half was sweet kitri. We're going to look that up real quick. Yeah, I need a minute. I'm sorry, you guys. Is, the the it, nami mommy thing really got me. <laughs> Oh, yeah, he was just checking it out. Um, so it's a cauliflower, potato, green pea, and other vegetable dish commonly eaten by babies. Ooh. Good to know. Interesting. Um, okay. So one half was that, and the other half, salt. Now, when, as usual, the king sat down to eat out of the same dish with the snake woman, he turned the salt side towards her, and the sweet side towards himself. Oh, they're eating from the same plate. Because so as we all know, women don't like salt. <laughs> she found her portion very salty, but seeing the king eat his with a relish and without remark, finished hers in silence. Hmm. But 
When they had retired to rest and the king, obeying the yogi's orders, had feigned sleep, the snake woman became dreadfully thirsty. You know, because of the salt. In consequence of, of all the salt. Yeah, it says it. Okay. That she longed for a drink of water, which is a clear sign that this is no ordinary woman. <laughs> I was... But riddle me this, Kimmy. There was none in the room. So she was obliged to go the one place she'd never gone. Outside. Now, if a snake woman goes out at night, she must resume her own loathsome form. Mm. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, but when like, women go out, when women go out in the moonlight, you know, that's when you see the we, the real side of them. There's actually three forms women will take on. We will either become a snake, mm-hmm. a mermaid, or there's yep. like the really rare occasion where it's a horse. I can't explain it. Yeah. <laughs> Just, uh, just how it works, and it's not centauri either. It's just horse, you know. Yeah, <laughs> true. Oh, uh, yeah, it's just, it's just a horse. It's just a horse <laughs> with boobs on the front for some reason. By the like collar the, uh, Yeah, it's like the previous. Uh... <laughs> previous one. Oh man! Oh, that one's gonna uh, be a meme. Um, now, okay, yeah, yeah, so the snake woman goes outside, she must resume her lonesome form, so as King Ali Martin lay feigning sleep, he saw a beautiful form in his arms, changed to a deadly, slimy snake, that <laughs> nice. slid from the bed out the door into the garden. <laughs> he followed it softly, watching it drink a very fountain, by the way, until it reached the doll lake, where it drank and bathed for hours. Women do be bathing, am I right? <laughs> Yeah. Fully satisfied of the truth of Yogi's story, King Ali Martin begged him for aid in getting rid of the beautiful whore. This the Yogi promised to do if the king would faithfully obey orders. So they made an oven of a hundred different kinds of metal melted together and closed by a strong lid and heavy padlock. This they placed in a shady corner of the garden, fastening it securely to the ground by strong chains. When all was ready, the king said to the snake woman, My heart, beloved, let us wander in the garden alone today and amuse ourselves by cooking our own food. She, nothing loath, consented, and so they wandered about in the garden. And when dinner time came, set to work with laughter and mirth to cook their own food. The king heated the oven very hot and kneaded the bread, but being clumsy at it, he told the snake woman he could do no more <laughs> and that she must bake the bread. Uh, weaponized incompetence. Uh, that's <laughs> Can't escape it. <laughs> this she at first refused to do, go off queen, saying that she disliked ovens, but when the king pretended to be vexed, Avering, she could not love him since she refused to help. Oh, that's gross. Yeah. He, he, <laughs> this he got really gross really <laughs> quick, <laughs> you know? Yeah. No longer ship this. <laughs> so she gave in and set to work with a very bad grace to tend the baking. Aww. Then, just as she stopped over the oven's mouth to turn the loaves, the king, seizing the opportunity, pushed her and clamped down the cover, locking... The double locked lid. Oh, no. Oh, oh boy. Um, now, when the snake woman found herself caught in the scorching oven, she bounded so that had it not been for the strong chain, she would have bounded out to the garden, oven and all. 
But as it was, all she could do was bound up and down while the king and the yogi piled fuel on the fire and the oven grew hotter and hotter. So when it went on from four o'clock one afternoon to four o'clock the next, when the snake woman ceased to bound and all was quiet. Jeez. They waited until the oven grew cold and then opened it. When not a trace of the snake woman was to be seen, only a heap of ashes. Out of the yogi took a small round stone and gave it to the king, saying, This is the real essence of the snake woman, and whatever you touch with it will turn to gold. But King Ali Marvin said such a treasure was more than any man's life was worth, since it must bring envy and battle and murder to its possessor. So when he went to a talk, his new threw, he threw the magical snake stone into the river, lest it should bring strife to the world. And they all lived happily ever after, then, except for the snake woman who she, got cooked. She didn't do shit, okay? No. Here's the the thing. It was just like, bro, she's a snake. And the king's like, what? Yeah, like, listen, first of all, I'm surprised he dismissed that option so quickly. And, like, wouldn't even try it. As a as a person that's like, hey, give everything a chance once. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. he, he shut that down really quickly. So, <laughs> but she, she hasn't hurt anyone. She hasn't done shit. Like, maybe he got a oh, little hectic. She literally did nothing. But she was just hot, you know? She wasn't controlling him. He was a little control of, you know? Like, she was just vibing. Yeah, I mean, yeah. She was a snake, I guess. She was a snake? Like, that's it? That was about it. He could have just, like, said, could you leave? (laughs) I don't want to, I don't want a snake in my house. Which is fair. I don't want a snake in my house. Right. But, yeah. The king, the king started off um, real good and just... Really went downhill. I think the moral of the story is don't trust random dudes who show up with <laughs> magical boxes. Don't trust men that tell you to croak your girl because yeah. she's a little too hot. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. She's not going to get hotter if you cook her, guys. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. It's, so, it's ridiculous. It's so ridiculous. And he's like, no, I don't need gold and throws it in the river. It's like when I first read it, I thought it was going to end up being like the story of Midas where he like turns himself into gold by touching himself, which is a a euphemism. I'm pretty sure. (laughs) But um, (laughs) the the Catholics are write that down, write that down, (laughs) write it down. (laughs) Anyway, if I had a gold stone. I know where I'd spend it. Oh, where would you spend it, Ryan? It's with the sponsors during this commercial break. Oh. (laughs) That was a good one. All right, we'll see you all in like, I don't know, a minute or something? Yeah. (laughs) Creating a website without the right tools and support is a lot like dealing with a group of wild jackalopes. At first, it doesn't seem too intimidating, But once you start, it becomes very overwhelming and you'll feel utterly defeated. But don't worry because Bluehost knows its way around the wild, wild web and is here to help you on your website building journey. Bluehost has everything your website needs from startup to success. 
and they are there to help you every step of the way. Simply name your website, select a design template, and start building with the right hosting plan. Bluehost provides tons of ways to design your website along with marketing tools, insightful analytics, and scalable growth. Y'all, I absolutely adore Bluehost because I was able to quickly design a website without having to mess around with a single line of code. Plus, they have hundreds of free and premium website themes to pick from, so it's easy to find one that suits your style and to create your very own website. And on top of all that, they have low monthly rates and a one-click WordPress installation with 24-7 support. With all their tools and support, you can just sit back, relax, and listen to the wild jackalopes whistle some jolly old western tunes as you easily build a website that can hold its own on the wild, wild web. Plus, our listeners who sign up get a free domain name for the first year. So what are you waiting for? Join Bluehost today by going to our website, alluring.com sponsors and clicking on our Bluehost banner. Again, go to our website, alluring.com sponsors and click on the Bluehost banner to start your website today. Do you ever get that strange feeling at night that you're being watched? Or maybe you heard a noise in the woods you can't explain. What is the truth about UFOs? And where are the ones that have crashed? Every week, join husband and wife duo Felicia and Ian as we seek the truth. Recording in the mountains of the Appalachians, we, the paranormal lovers, will bring you stories of hauntings, cryptids, UFOs, and more. You can find us on iHeart, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and most other podcast services. Follow us on Instagram and YouTube by searching for The Paranormal Lovers in the search bar. I love I love how awkward it's just long enough to be uncomfortable as it as it should be (laughs) you sit there then you're like should I start (laughs) I'm counting in my head and then I miss my cue every time (laughs) Mm. so uh welcome back campers we we hope whoa we hope you enjoyed that little break we are now going to talk about the appearance and and some like fun events surrounding her so, here's a lovely image. Again, Mothman working so hard covering uh-huh. those nips. <laughs> this one makes sense, though, you know? Well, there's, like, another... Like, na- anatomy-wise makes sense. Oh, like, yeah. No, this is... correctly located. This is Waterhouse, like, again. Yeah. But, like, the thing is, he also made another one of this where she's, like, all covered, but mm. it's, like, blue, and I feel like it doesn't give off the same vibe, so... Yeah. We went, we went for the side boob, uh, naturally. So, appearance-wise, and what we're seeing is she was a queen before the curse, and she was known for her extraordinary beauty. But that didn't last long. After the curse long took long hold long. of her, she dramatically changed into a more serpent-like appearance. Um, there are a few legends saying she just looks like a giant snake with a human head. Mm-hmm. But a majority of them describe her as half woman from the waist up and half snake from the waist down. That's not that bad. No, 
I can work with that. It's basically just a slithery mermaid. Yeah. See, easy. I can easily work with that. You can make that work. Yeah. Yeah. The the king was tripping. That's all. Other way around, maybe not so much. (laughs) Snake, snake upper torso, human legs. I don't know. (laughs) Reverse mermaid will always be my favorite type of mermaid. Regarding her face, oh, that's I'm not saying that. <laughs> Regarding her face, <laughs> I, was make, I was gonna make like a lip, like tasting like fish joke, either way. And it's <laughs> <laughs> that's the censored version, <laughs> fishy either way, it's fishy either way. <laughs> it just depends what uh, parts you're more into, I guess. Funny. <laughs> if you're an ass or, or a boob person, that's all it comes down to, fishy either way. Okay, regarding her face, that was the censored version of that. That was, whoa, regarding her face. Um, It depends who you ask. Um, At first, she was described as a horrible-looking monster, but as time went on, she was more romantic as she was described as beautiful but deadly. Um, From a famous poem, Lamia, written by John Keats, he writes one of the most dreamy descriptions of this creature's appearance. So... Let's see if I can get through this. So Yeah, you gotta read it like dreamy like though. Um she was a Gordian shape of dazzling hue. Ver vermilion spotted golden green and blue. <laughs> that, that's that's your dreamy voice? <laughs> she was a Gordian shape of dazzling hue. Vermilion spotted, golden green and blue, striped like a zebra, freckled like a pie, eyed like a peacock, and all crimson bar. Ryan said, no fucking way are you reading this <laughs> Full of silver moons that as she breathed, dissolved like the letters shone or intertweathed, their lusters with the gloomier tapestries, so rainbow-sided, touched with miseries. She seemed at once some pensed lady elf, some <laughs> demon's mistress, or the demon herself. Upon her crest, she wore a wannish fire, sprinkled with stars like Adrena's tire. I don't know what that means. Her head was serpent, but ah, bittersweet. She had a woman's mouth with all its pearls complete. <laughs> and for her eyes, what could such eyes do there but weep and weep that they were born so fair? Brian, how dare you interrupt That's what my I was segment? I'd <laughs> <laughs> like a peacock and old crimson bod of the full silver moons and as she breathed. <laughs> I'm trying my best. <laughs> criticism (laughs) and bullying on my own damn show (laughs) this is what i get don't try folks that's the moral of the story kimmy's the the brains of the operation you know what i mean (laughs) i i just love how you were like i'm I'm not even going to give her a chance i'm just gonna keep (laughs) you you didn't you didn't didn't get the assignment It 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 was it was like no, no, I was like going for like 90s like 
um, when like the fairies will go to the queen and ask of an old tale dreamy vibes. <laughs> I was thinking, I was thinking like 90s late night radio host. Okay. Yeah. And we just get swooned by different things, Ryan. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, you're you're more of a high pitched British woman is your your kind of thing, I guess. <laughs> she was gaudy. <laughs> well, that's like Ron a voice. Weasley's mom. That's yeah, funny. that's, that's a voice I need doing. to really practice because I think that would be great to have for our stories. <laughs> So now jumping back to creepy, we're going to talk about her whole eyeball situation. So a little PSA for people that don't like eye stuff, because this kind of gets rough. Um, Due to the curse, she has no eyelids and has been described as having large bloodshot eyes that are unable to blink. Um, She is able to remove them due to the blessing Zeus bestowed upon her, though. So she will... Remove them during the day and place them in a jar or vessel, leaving her blind to everything around her. And during the night, she pops those suckers back in, and those bad boys. She pu- <laughs> wow, I wrote that weird. During the I night, she will plop those bad boys back in and search her cave for her next victim. I know some people don't really like eye stuff, and I, <laughs> I realized I was like. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll do a little note for that. I don't care. <laughs> but I get it. Okay. So now, on. What was it? Did you know that was a thing people are into? Is licking eyeballs? Can I look? Licking? <laughs> I had a roommate where she. she That's, that sounds like something in your state. <laughs> not, not where I live. That's, That's uh, like a Utah Mormon thing. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's definitely a Utah thing. I didn't want to say it, but you already did. As as an ex-Mormon, I can say it. (laughs) Yeah, that's that. hmm. That was actually one of the more that. No shame, but you know, maybe move to Utah, or or maybe find a Lamia. You know, like get get yourself a Lamia. You can pop those bad boys in your mouth like a jawbreaker. Yeah, (laughs) keep it in your jaw all day. Like Ed, Ed, and Eddie. That's terrible. Okay. <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> so on top of looking horrifying, this girl also got some wild abilities. So first is she knows how to accessorize. So some of the descriptions, she's known to have a hissing snake that protrudes from the cleft of her rusty colored forehead. Uh, this animal companion would slide into children's bedrooms at night and snatch them up. Uh, she can shapeshift into a beautiful woman with no snake features which allows her to easily get her next meal. Uh, she moves gracefully. Or live in a garden. Yeah. With a king. Yeah, so like, she, she didn't even kill the king. She didn't kill anybody. She was with him for a long well, we time. I don't know that. That's fair. Well, may have been killing people the whole time. <laughs> he's like, wow. It's implied. He's it's like, implied. the servant turnover is so high right now. Yeah. <laughs> they keep having kids and just sending them off to boarding school or something. <laughs> So the next is she moves gracefully, much like a flowing stream of water. And this could be because her dad's Poseidon. And and the last one is she can create an illusion of like a miraculous mansion, including people, guests, servants, and even tiny details no one would notice. So this is how she'll like trap her victims 
And it's very difficult for people to see past her illusions, but if someone senses it isn't real, they can quickly escape it. So is it possible the king didn't have a castle at all? And it was all just an illusion? So he did, but that that's when yo the yogi was like, oh, he, he has like a gazed look to him. That's what that was implying. Because when he left, mm. the gaze fell. Yeah. Um... And regarding her behavior, this girl has gone full crazy, which is completely valid after the curse Hera placed on her. So that being said, she isn't a creature you want to run into. You will become her next meal, especially if you are a man or a child. So make sure to watch yourself. Now. Fair enough. <laughs> two events. Uh, the tragic tale of Lamia tells of how... So there are can some we, versions... Can read your... The title of this uh, section is Kids, Am I Right? (laughs) It all makes sense as I go. (laughs) So, her tragic story, there are some versions that say Hera kidnapped the kids and killed them, or while Lammy was eating her children, some escaped. So, seven is a lot of kids to keep track of, you know? So, Mm -hmm. there were three of them who were able to escape the danger. And these three became very powerful sea creatures famous in Greek mythology. So the first one is Skyla. She's a sea monster who haunts the rocks of narrow straits opposite to the whirlpool of Charybdis. It's said that she has drowned over thousands of men who have tried to get too close to the rocks on their travel, devouring them uh, very quickly by darting her six monster heads at them and like snatching them up like and her cries are similar to the sound of a dog yelping like a group of dogs which is very terrifying <laughs> in the middle of the ocean you just hear dogs barking and you're like what the fuck so the next is her sister Sibylla and she is a scene of that has the ability to prophesize the death of those who are brave enough to ask her. So she could also prophesize what is to come and was known to write down the future events that was passed from one generation to the next. So I feel she's one we see a lot more in like Western pop culture stuff. The whole idea yeah. of like someone that could see into the future. She's a very the base of where all these characters kind of come from. And then finally is Achilles. Unlike his sisters, he didn't inherit the whole monster power. He didn't inherit the third eye kind of thing, but he got her beauty and being Uh. a vain boy. He one day made the mistake to challenge Aphrodite to a beauty contest. Classic. (laughs) And since he could never win, when he finally lost to Aphrodite, she punished him by transforming him into an ugly, lipless shark. <laughs> kind of rude. Yeah, just let him lose. He just wanted a friendly competition, and she's like, nope, you're a shark now. <laughs> yeah, she's like, uh, I don't want to deal with this. <laughs> you're a shark. So it's kind of crazy because they all become water creatures hence the relation yeah. to her and poseidon i think the slides got messed up but yes this is um so 
that's the sun. That one's right, yes. which is Sybil. This one's the the third one, right? That's Actelia. Oh, oh, lipless yeah, yeah, yeah. shark. Yeah, yeah. And then this one is um, Skyla. Yes. Yeah, I goofed it a little bit. Yes, that's correct. <laughs> that was my bad. But all good. All good. We we got figured out. So now the next section is called scare into submission. So nice. <laughs> I never Call read mommy. the. <laughs> I was right. (laughs) I never like really read the little subsections. They're just for my brain. But sometimes Ryan's like, you need to read those more. They make me laugh. (laughs) So speaking of children, we we're going to shift over to why she was so famous amongst the Rugrats in ancient Greek. So the legend of Lamia was passed from generation to generation and quickly became a boogeyman-like figure at the time. So, being the most fearsome boogeyman monster, Greek mothers and caretakers would tell their kids of the horrifying legends of how Lamia would devour children who misbehaved. One legend said she would sneak into the homes of naughty children and snatch them up, wrapping them in thickly covered ivy and bryony... I couldn't find a way to pronounce that. Bryony, and would take them back to her cave only to much on them later in the safety of her own lair. Another legend tells of a child who snuck out one night and was captured by her, only to be swallowed whole that very instant. Thankfully, a nurse of the house knew the boy snuck out, and he was probably captured by Lamia, and it may not be too late to save him. Quickly and quietly, she entered the beast's cave, knowing the creature was resting during the day, and this would be the only chance she had. The nurse then extracted the boy alive from Lamia while she was sleeping and got them both back to safety. Though safe, the boy was traumatized and never misbehaved again, fearing Lamia Mm -hmm. would come for him. You heard it here, kids. Misbehave. Lamia's gonna get you. (laughs) That nurse did not get paid enough for that job. No. That's all I can say from that. (laughs) She needs six figures at least. Yeah. If she was Gen Z, she's like, nah, it's, this is after hours. I'm not doing this. (laughs) So this spooky legend was so effective at getting children to behave. It was also told by mothers throughout Europe. Um, And it wasn't long until she became a fairy tale like figure that adults used to scare their children into good behavior. And then the next section is, oh no, she's hot. Because oh no, <laughs> she's hot. <laughs> so now, put your bets in for lawful good. Now, everybody, <laughs> at the very least, lawful neutral. When this episode was sent to us as a fan suggestion, the person literally put "child eating monster." Kimmy's gonna like this one, <laughs> <laughs> and they were right. <laughs> you know, they were right. I'm not saying they were wrong. <laughs> so if we have learned anything about human nature mm-hmm. is that if a monster has any type of human features, especially tits, it is going to be sexualized. So Lamia soon evolved into a type of sultry seductress succubus. Using her newfound abilities, she would enter the dreams of young men and seduce them. 
while in these dreams, she would bow chicka wow wow with them and then suck all the blood from their bodies. She would what? <laughs> she would bow chicka wow wow, you know? Oh. Like, meh, 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 uh-huh. you know, like. <laughs> uh-huh. A little bit of a. cheeks just like that mm-hmm. <laughs> so, oh my god what's i can't wait till we do sucky miss that's gonna be such a <laughs> it's gonna be four hours <laughs> i'm staying on page one of google for that though yeah. so, so, <laughs> so, so once dead her sexual sexual appetite was satisfied and she would devour the man's flesh until there was nothing left of him um, there are some legends that described her as a sorcerer instead of a succubus. The sorcerer version of her would brew different types of love potions and use them to trick men into falling in love with her. And it would be her human form that she would show out in public. And this made it so that they would like come to her house and everything. Um, it allowed yeah. her to not draw suspicion and it helped keep a strategy. <laughs> it helped keep a steady stream of meals coming to her door and i wrote the note like ancient kardash or ogre eats to this and i thought that was the funniest thing i could have written at the time (laughs) thanks (laughs) ogre eats is really good (laughs) anyway Listen, that's I, gonna be in the new Shrek for sure. Ogre I guarantee eats. it. Ogre eats is gonna be said in the new Shrek. I want to be like that Leonardo oh, DiCaprio TM, TM. pointing at the theater. Yeah, <laughs> that was me. <laughs> Stolen valor. <laughs> yes. So over time, she was considered. She even be. She was even considered a group of seductive female vampires. So the word Lamia was used to describe a, a whole group, group of them. A group of sexy female vampires mm. that would only seduce the men and drain them of their blood. Oh. So, well, that's all I, I could find on it. it. And that can mean a lot. So, mm-hmm. so from succubus to sorcerer to vampire, it seems like any type of dangerous sensual creature was dismissed as nothing more but the sadly cursed Lamia. Mm. Now, see, you may be changing over on your alignment chart. May, you may be... I'm thinking lawful good. <laughs> yes, come to the dark side. I mean, it's a whole group of seductive vampires. <laughs> Count me in. Count me in. <laughs> I'm there. You say that. Drain me of all my blood. You know what I mean? <laughs> Christ, this is great. Oh, it's we're either puns or or perv humor. There's like no in yeah. between. <laughs> yeah, you get one. It's what it is. <laughs> oh, okay. Now it's time for your favorite favorite segment, Ryan. Who do you think is going to say what this beautiful, dangerous creature really is? Oh, let's see. We have we have the church, and we have saying, "Don't let these sexually promiscuous women near you, or they might be vampires who are going to eat you." 
also if you're a kid be good or you're gonna get eaten um i'm gonna go with the church <gasps> ding, ding 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 there you go oh, wait. Shout out to the Pope. <laughs> you know it's going to be the church. Yeah, I had a feeling with this one. <laughs> no doubt about it. So Christian writers during the 9th century would warn others of the seductive potential of Lamia. So one instance, Hikamar, Archbishop of Reim, wrote in the trees. Treaties on divorce, Halamia was one of the many supernatural dangers that threatened marriages. So, in it, he warned men specifically to be wary of these reproductive female spirits mm-hmm. and how they can easily ruin a marriage if a man gave in to sin. Yep. Oh, yeah. And committed That's what adultery. it is. Your marriage. <laughs> yep. That's, That's what you got to worry about. That's all it is. That... It's the vampire. It's not you guys. It's the vampires. Don't <laughs> worry. It's not you. You're not the ones ruining your marriage. It's all the side boob. It just takes yeah, it's... just one nip, apparently. Is all it's... Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. All right. That's all I got. <laughs> all right. And it's time for modern takes with ryan and i don't have anything except for one statement oh no um you don't gotta go to page two of google (laughs) that's all i'm gonna say this has been modern takes with ryan okay let's just do the announcements let's go to the announcements i don't me first <laughs> okay um lore report time uh, <laughs> oh we're, wasn't this when we do the wolf howl <laughs> the oh wolf. If Mothman Counselor was a real person, he'd be so sick of our shit. (laughs) (laughs) The stuff, the little plushie I have is just staring me down like it's disappointed. It's really great. Son of a bitch. (laughs) Tell them about. Tell them about Patreon. (laughs) Tell them about Patreon. (laughs) So we have. (laughs) Papa Mothman ain't messing around no more. Like we're making him like a little bit of a smoker. I'm a math man. Wants you to go to the moon, male. <laughs> like Robin was saying, we got moon mail. So if you really like the art that I make for the show, it's just sixteen dollars a month, and you'll get a little envelope every month that will have okay. two art prints, two stickers, and a surprise thing attached to it. Get it? Cause cause mail. Yeah. Like, like you get a package in the mail. <laughs> You get, you get it and we have a moon for our logo you get it and the moon like circles earth <laughs> moon mail much like the mail circles the earth before it gets to your house <laughs> so, so support us 
check out the art. They're always themed. We have like an alien one right now with like little Area 51 security badges in it, which are really cute. Um, yeah, that's on Patreon. So, Bob Man's gonna, gonna come get you if you don't. Wait, say that again. Say that again. Mothman, Mothman's gonna come get you. Oh, yeah, I'm right here, Mothman. I'm gonna come get you if you don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> for, for non video listeners, you should really watch us on YouTube sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, your turn. <laughs> All right, and great news if you're a listener, bad news if you're our livers, because Liquor and Lore <laughs> is back. Um, we started this, like, way back in the day during COVID when we had a lot of free time and reasons to drink, so we drank and read stuff. Um, it's been on a bit of a hiatus due to life and the world coming back, um, but it's back. Uh, so if you want to listen to us enjoy a little sip of something that's not Coke Zero while reading some fairy tales from all around the world, check out our Patreon. Uh, join any Patreon tier. We will be coming to y'all next month, patreon.com slash alluring. Also, you know, maybe you'll get the unedited slideshow. Yeah. <laughs> just, saying, just saying. Free the nip. Um. Yeah. <laughs> oh. All right, let's. In case we're really bad at Googling, you know? Yeah, and it will be fun. It's just us reading fairy, short fairy tale so- stories. You, you can join at any level to listen to it. They're not going to be super polished. Bless our amazing editor, Chris. But it, this is going to be me just putting it together. So hold on, everybody. <laughs> All right, let's get to that. Alluring alignment chart. Wow. <laughs> yep, so this is about what I expected. Yes. I didn't expect you to put it chaotic. So I'm glad you finally learned they can still be hot and also chaotic. Because <laughs> before you'd put them all at lawful good, which made no sense. No, because... The reason she's at chaotic is she doesn't feel any remorse mm-hmm. about it. You yeah, know, she's just out there eating people. Like La Llorona will snap, and then she feels bad about it. And does she? And that's <laughs> listen. Does she really <laughs> listen? Are you sure about that? I will defend her till the day I die. Sure about that. <laughs> but like. I couldn't find anything that talked about her feeling like what she snapped, which was sad. So, but she's just crazy now, you know, it just messed her up and there's no like remorse or there's no recovery from it or there's no empathy. It's just, she's just crazy, but I don't blame her for what happened. I mean, just because someone had it rough doesn't mean they can eat children. Yeah, well, they're bad that children. That doesn't make them good. I mean, are they? <laughs> That's the whole point. Is the kid like didn't take out the trash, so they deserve to get eaten? Like, I, don't, I don't. I don't think that that's a one to one punishment. I feel- now, if that kid ate somebody, then you know, fair punishment. But I don't think that's what the. I don't think that's what was happening. 
I'm gonna. She stays where she's at. You you can't. Yeah, I know. I know. Like, just look um, at her. I honestly, I really don't think she's that evil. I feel. I look at her staring at the butt, saying, "Yep, waffle." Yeah. <laughs> that cake good, is telling me good. it's a little bit good, so I'm gonna. It is a good cake. <laughs> Um, so I went, so, um, I had, I kind of already knew about this one, so I went off of my preconceived notions of chaotic oh. evil, because anyone who eats children is probably evil. <laughs> but, like, just based off my story, I would just put her neutral, because in my story, she doesn't really do anything. She just is vibing and gets killed. Yeah. But, like, just because I knew about, like, the children eating and all that, I went with chaotic evil. Uh. Um... She doesn't have any rules. She just is like, you are a kid. I'm going to eat you. You're a misbehaving kid. I do want to emphasize that. Yeah. I know it doesn't justify I mean, it, but it does. So mean. you're telling me when you were little, if you forgot to like mop, you deserved to be eaten? Ryan, I remember being five, year old, five years old and I stole something from the store and mm-hmm. my mom right. had me go. You should have been eaten. And no, no, listen. I stole a free sample from the store (laughs) and my mom didn't realize it was free. (laughs) And I went to the store crying and apologizing as like a little five-year-old. And then the lady was like, Oh, it's okay. Just don't do it. And then she was like, you know, it was free, right? (laughs) So I was a good noodle. (laughs) Yeah. I was fine. I wouldn't have been eaten by her. So maybe mm-hmm. you're speaking because you weren't a good noodle, right? I was an absolute angel. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, what? Oh. I have two takeaways this time, so I'll let you go first. Oh, you have two? I can't steal yours. <laughs> oh, man. What do I want my takeaway to be? Oh, I, I had it. Oh, yeah. Um... <laughs> Don't trust a man with a magic box. Oh, man, that wasn't either of mine. So now, okay. (laughs) The one, I'm going to give both. I'm going to give both. We're going to have three takeaways this episode. Uh, Number one, uh, it's fishy either way. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And then my real takeaway is, is more of a, it's a bit of a long one, but boys, if you ever have a hot woman sleeping over and she slithers out of bed at night um, into the moonlight, just pretend you're asleep. <laughs> you don't don't worry about it. <laughs> let let your girl shape shift in the moonlight. No yeah, questions and asked. Just stay asleep. Don't don't get up. Just say, Yep, there she goes again. <laughs> I well, I want to do your. We'll do your fishy one instead of my box one because I I love that. <laughs> fishy, it's fishy either way. Fishy either way. <laughs> Woo! Okay, Ryan and I are now going to go record our our Patreon after after chat kind of thing. So mm, 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 thank mm, you mm, all mm. so much for listening. Mm. This has been alluring. You just sit right where you are and think about just having the most alluring day you've ever had in your entire existence and we will catch you in the next episode (laughs) bye bye love you and that's all for this episode of alluring thank you for taking a seat around the campfire and listening 
If you want more Loring, go check out our website, Loring.com. That's A-L-O-R-E-I-N-G.com. You can also find us on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and Discord. If you have any questions, folklore, cryptid sightings, or urban legends you would like us to discuss, email us at alluring at gmail.com. If you like this show, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. It's the best way to help support us and spread the word. Special thanks to Lane Hammonds for our music. If you'd like to show your support and have access to bonus content not posted anywhere else, visit our Patreon page today at patreon.com slash and help us keep the firewood burning. Bye-bye now.